Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all its being. I'm your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode, we have two guests. The first one, my main podcast guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Alshawabke. Sammy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing well, and joining us for today's episode, we have a man coming all the way from Wyoming, the Bearded Wonder, Fear the Beard, Kill the Shave. He is our Indianapolis Colts expert, now a recurring guest, the, for now, second best pad of podcasting, Pat Kammer. Welcome back. How are you? Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back on. Second best, and I'll probably keep that title for a very long time uh, if I don't think I'll ever uh, surpass the first best for the brand, Pat McAfee. Well, you probably won't become number one. However, what I wanted to bring up to you is that we've had, as you know, you are one of two Pats in my life, and we've had the other Pat, Pat McDeed, on the podcast already. And he was a little insulted that I told him he was the second Pat of our podcast. And we've decided on one of our episodes that we're going to have a pad on pad off at some later date on the podcast. Oh, let's go. I am. I'm ready. Let's do this. So it's going to be some sort of we decided it's going to be some sort of trivia since I know both of you guys pretty well. I can keep it fairly objective. So neither one of you has a clear advantage. And we'll I don't know. We'll make up certain questions. I'll try to infer a way to make sure that you guys aren't cheating. And then whoever wins the trivia firmly grasp it trivia will be our top pad of firmly grasp it and maintain the hold of number two pad of podcasting i feel like it should just be a, a straight clean fist fight but we'll, we'll do it however <laughs> it's hard because you're in wyoming he's in new hampshire we figured he he also has like a five inch reach on you so i don't is know he, is he that much taller he, and so i don't know if you want that he's six four yeah Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, I'm small but scrappy. Right? Yeah, so. I don't play clean. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. You're probably scrappier than he is. <laughs> we, I figure, we'll do it some an academic like decathlon, but really just sport trivia that I know and that you may or may not know. Oh, oh man! But let's move on. We have a while for that. But for yeah. today, we're doing the Indianapolis Colts your favorite team you've been on you were on our afc south preview to discuss mainly the colts although we got into all the other teams as well you were also on our evil mock snake draft so pat what was your methodology for your grading of your draft picks what kind of grading system did you use and how did you come up with your grades um you know i kind of i went through and you know watching the draft i i, I saw um you know, I, I looked at their picks and I, I would kind of, you know, think about where they fit in with the team and, and what the team really needed. Um, and then I would kind of go back and watch the reactions of, you know, the team and what, what they did and how they reacted. You know, the Colts are doing a really good uh, uh, web series right now called uh, with the next pick or the next pick is in something like that. I don't know the exact name for it, but they go through like how they were going into the draft and how, the, and like their reactions and they had a lot of like post draft interviews. So we kind of took how the different coordinators reacted to it and uh, went from there. Uh, so, you know, is this really like how these guys fit the team's needs and how they, that the team around them is reacting to it? Fair enough. And did you use letter grading, number grading, or something else? I, uh, you know, it's kind of like I kind of went more with like a, a letter. I, I 
letter grades and number grades, I always, you know, it's always hard to, to choose from. Uh, I went more with a, a letter grade. Um, but honestly, how, what is my letter grade compared to anything else? So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just going to no, say like, whether all, I yeah. like the pick or if I didn't like the pick. Fair enough. Yeah. I, Sammy does letter grades. I do a check system where if it fits one of the needs, which we'll get into in a minute, it's a check. If it's good value, it's a plus. Poor value, it's a minus. It's a zero. If it's in the middle, you can get one of six grades. Pretty straightforward. But I try to make it like I keep my opinion out of it for the most part. Yeah. So getting into those pre-draft needs, I'll list mine off, and then you guys can tell me whether you had same or different. I had wide receiver, uh, QB2, Defensive line, linebacker, and cornerback. And Sammy, I'll start with you. What did you have? Same, different? I also had a safety, cornerback, and a guard. Safety, cornerback, and a guard. So you had a few more. I had cornerback as well, but you had a few more than I did. And Pat, what about you? Uh, I definitely think they needed – let me pull up it here. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying they needed a, uh, a QB. I didn't think that was a necessity. Um, I had wide receiver. I actually had tight end. I uh, corner, um, and then I had said D line and O line. Really, you thought they needed O line? They, I, they've had one of the better O lines in the past two years. They've had one of the better O lines, but they've also had the recent departure of Joe Haig, who is now a ring chaser down at the uh, Tampa Bay Gronkineers. <laughs> Fair enough. My QB two is more for the future because Rivers likely will be on the team for two years max, and Brissett will likely not be on the team after this year. Yeah. So it's more of a future guy, which no, they did address, but we'll get to that a little bit. Let's get into their picks. They did not have a first round pick in this draft. So they had two picks in the second round. The first one, 34th overall, they took Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver out of USC. Pat, I'll start with you as our guest. What were your thoughts and grades on that pick? Just jumping back to the first round overall, I, I do like thinking that DeForest Buckner was our 13th overall pick, you know. They paid him to be the, that guy. So I do like not counting. Uh, yeah, we didn't have a first round. However, we did get uh, a stud of a player uh, in Buckner for the for, for the first round. But going back to Pittman, yeah. I mean, if I could at hot take uh, uh, freezing cold takes right now, I would. Because I said um, in our mock drafts, I said, do not look for the Colts to jump into the first round, which they didn't. However, I said, do not look for them to address um, the offense in the second round with those early on picks. That was the freezingest of freezing cold takes because what did they go do? They chose a wide receiver. And now looking back on it, really looking at this guy, I think it's a great pick. They needed a big body receiver. They needed someone to match up with TY. Uh, they just never really had that number two guy. It felt like, you know, they always tried to plug and play with these, these later round draft picks, these, these further back guys and Pittman is just, you know, he's 6'4", 230 pounds, I believe. He's a baller, though. You know, his dad was uh, Mike, Michael Pittman Sr. He was a uh, running back in the NFL for, you know, t nine years or something like that. Pittman has special teams history. You know, he's just a hard worker. And the Colts came out and said, you know, he's never lost a one-on-one -on -one matchup in uh, practice. And he produced, even with, you know, three different quarterbacks in his senior year at USC still put up 1,200 yards or something like that. So, you know, looking at Frank Reich's uh, reaction to this, you know, you just l listen to him talk about this guy. It's a big thing for them, and I think they'll be a really, really good 
wide receiver of the future for the Colts. I just wanted to mention that you conveniently left out Philip Dorsett as one of their potential wide receiver twos at some point. Well, because he was, tr- yeah. <laughs> We're not going on the old regime. We've moved forward with Chris Ballard. Uh, that 2012 to 2016 regime, uh, I, I generally like to forget about because it, it killed a uh, franchise quarterback. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, he got Andrew Luck to retire before the age of 30. Sammy, I'll move on to you. What was your thoughts and grades for Pittman pick? So I like the pick. We've mentioned Pittman a few times as our as a day two wide receiver, never in the first round. I didn't think he would go as early as 34. But overall, what he brings to the Colts is his size. He's I think he's probably the biggest receiver on the team now at 6'4. And he had a 4-5-2-40 time, so He's he he's shown some speed with that size, which is which is pretty good to have. And overall, he really good with making uh, contested catches. And as you mentioned at USC, his final season with the many different quarterbacks, and you had all sorts of different throws going in his way, and he was just the only one consistent in getting. If you threw it in his way, he was always having his hands on it. So you know that if you get the ball in his direction, he's more likely to come down with the catch. And I really like the the wide receiver core that they're gonna have there with with uh, T. Y. Hilton as well, mentoring off of Hilton and learning the ways. And he couldn't have come in with any better quarterback than Philip Rivers in terms of being a second early second round receiver. So overall, I like the guy, and I think actually I would say he'd be similar to uh, Mike Williams in San Diego for Philip Rivers to work with, or yeah. formerly San Diego. Oh, I was gonna right. leave it. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, overall, I'm giving I'm giving it an A minus just due to I think there's maybe a couple other receivers they probably could have drafted at this point. I mean, he's still in that tier of early mid early to mid second rounder. But I had a couple other receivers still ahead ahead of him that was drafted uh, later. That I mean, so I'm I'm giving it an A minus. I guess I'm probably somewhere a little lower than both of you guys. I'm cool with the pick because it is a position need. Him and Philip Rivers likely will have that nice connection. Mike Williams is a pretty apt comparison of likely what they'll be doing with him, where he won't be a huge target guy, but his yards per catch is going to be through the roof, one of the highest in the league. And Philip Rivers, either he's dumping the ball to his running back or he's chucking it deep, and Pittman being just a huge guy is going to be getting a lot of 50-50 balls, and if Pat and Frank Reich are correct that he's going to win every single one of them. He'll be an incredible wide receiver. Obviously, I do not expect him to win every single one against NFL secondaries. His ceiling is through the roof. His floor is probably lower than a lot of guys that were taken after him. So it's one of those boomer bust picks at that second wide receiver spot. And ideally, once Hilton gets older and slows down, Pittman can replace him as the number one guy. I'm giving this pick just a check because the value is right around where we probably would have projected him. Maybe I had him a little bit later, but not too far off. So the pick is totally fine by me. I would have maybe liked someone else. But if you put him and Mo Alley-Cox in the red zone and let Phil Rivers just chuck balls in their direction, you're covering basically the entire end zone. Oh, it's two massive be, guys. It's going to be ridiculous having those two guys there, and then there's T.Y. and even Paris Campbell, you know, bolting back and forth, you know. 
you know, people I feel like kind of forget about him. But the other thing I just want to say is that I think this is going to be like, you know, now that T.Y. is getting up there, he's going to obviously start mentoring uh, Pittman. But, you know, this was kind of like it started with Marvin Harrison and Marvin Harrison mentored Reggie Wayne. And then Reggie Wayne mentored T.Y. And now T.Y. is going to be able to uh, mentor uh, Pittman. I think Pittman can grow into a a, a pretty good wide receiver, uh, NFL wide receiver. That's certainly the hope. So let's move on to their next pick, 41st overall. They took Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin. Sammy, I'll start with you on the Taylor pick. What were your thoughts and grades here? So I thought the most surprising thing here was they traded up to get three more spots. They were originally, what, the 44th pick, and they traded up to the 41st? It was something like that. But overall, overall, I mean, we've mentioned Jonathan Taylor as one of our top running backs going into the draft. Surprisingly, somehow, they, he wasn't the first running back taken since Clyde Edwards-Elair at, at Kansas City. But we've mentioned him many, many times. You know, he's big, he's powerful, he's explosive. He's just a strong, fast runner. He had a 4.3940, and overall just was probably one of the most productive running backs at, at Wisconsin. And just his numbers at Wisconsin, who was known to be just a running back type of offense. And the uh, Colts with their offensive line, I think is a really good fit for Taylor to be that sort of guy to just go in and just run. I mentioned that I had a guard as a need, but it wasn't as heavy as, it's not like, uh, uh, who they have now isn't serviceable enough that they they have a good pocket for him. They have a good line for him, good protection. And overall, I mean, he was one of our favorite running backs. It's it's hard to say. It's also hard to really rank running backs in the second round. But I mean, he's a B-plus pick for me because I didn't really have a running back as a need. I like Marlon Mack, but then I guess I think his contract might be up. So maybe they're going to be looking at a cheaper replaceable option with Taylor. So overall, I'm going to stick with the B plus. Yeah, you're right that Mac is on the last year of his contract yep. and Taylor looks like his replacement for the future. I've talked about Taylor several times on this podcast. He was my number one overall running back when we did our this or that episode. We talked about Taylor versus Dobbins. I had Taylor above him. When we talked about our favorite fits, I had Jonathan Taylor on the Colts here. I love the pick. I texted Pat as soon as the pick happened that you just got a stud player that's going to be great for your team almost immediately it's we won't necessarily know right away and that taylor is going to get the majority of the carries while mac is still around but at least in the long term you have a great back jonathan taylor's numbers at wisconsin are insane six thousand yards in only three seasons one of the best college running backs really of all time in terms of his statistical numbers i love him i'm all obviously there's some bias in there but i he's the best running back of wisconsin i've seen in a very long time Given the Colts' offensive line is similar to Wisconsin's and just being a big, great run-blocking group, one of the best in the league, I think he will seamlessly fit in. And as long as he works on his receiving skills, which are a work in progress, but they're better than they seem to be his freshman year, at least, I think he'll continue to get better at that. I think he's just going to be a great player for his team. Maybe He'll be a, probably, at best, a first and second down running back, and then you can have either... Mac or Jordan Wilkins or Naheem Hines coming as your third down back while he works on those receiving games. But he's just a great running back. It's a plus for me because I love the value. If any running back won the first round, it, in my opinion, it should have been him. And since it wasn't, you're getting good value. Yeah, I mean, 
what else is there to say other than his his college numbers? Three years, six thousand yards. That's absolutely insane. And obviously, they you know Wisconsin. They're talked about um, how how good the you know what kind of run game they have. But he in his college career, he had more two hundred yard rushing games uh, than he had less than one hundred yard rushing games. He had twelve two hundred yard rushing games and then nine less than one hundred yard rushing games within his career. Uh, so that's just absolutely insane. Uh, I mean, this is size, his power, but he's still quick. He's just a, you know, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, you know that that two-headed monster that they're gonna have behind that absolute monstrosity of an offensive line uh, with him and Mac. And then yeah, it, whether Mac, you know, decides if they give him a team-friendly, if he gets a team-friendly deal, or if the team works something out with him, I think that's a great one-two punch at you know, uh, running back back there. Uh, I could see that Taylor might start taking more uh, more snaps than than Mac will, and then yeah, they have Wilkins and Hines uh, behind them. So I think that the running back core uh, for the Colts it was a, it was surprising of a pick. Uh, I definitely did not expect it, but now that I start looking into it more and more, I'm really starting to like this guy, and I'm really starting to like this pick. And I mean, the only knock he really has is that he his he has a high fumble percentage, almost like two times. I think it's around about uh, what a, a standard running back would have. But that's something that can be worked on. Hopefully, it works out. You know, other guys in the past with the Colts have had issues, and I don't know their running backs coach. I forget his name, but he's helped uh, Hines and and uh, Wilkins out with that. So hopefully, you know, that will all come around, and that yeah, I mean, it's just. He, he's a just a big bad man and I mean you just watch Nick Sirianni's uh, reaction to both Pittman and Jonathan Taylor getting taken it's uh, he's really hyped up for it so it, it will be interesting to see this yeah one of the most exciting things that I'm looking forward to this upcoming football season is Quinton Nelson just creating massive holes for Jonathan Taylor to exploit I say, uh, I say, tell me a team that has more offensive line film or like highlights out on any social media, uh, and I would put all my money on the Colts. So, yeah, that's why I, I, this is a great fit for me. But let's move on yeah. to their third round pick, 85th overall. They took Julian Blackman, safety out of Utah. I'll start here. I gave the pick a zero. I don't really love the pick. We did not mention him, I believe, at all in our first three round draft grades. But I saw his projection in the late third, early fourth, conflicting on whether people feel like he's going to be a really good safety or not in the league. I didn't have it as a need, so that's why I don't have a check. The value is probably a little on the negative side. I guess they did just decline the option of Malik Hooker, so they will like they will need a replacement for him at safety, if not this year, the next year, because Hooker has dealt with some injury issues for sure. I don't love the pick. I get why they thought they should take him here but i don't know there were probably better players at not only safety but other positions on the board as well i don't i didn't love this pick i gave it a zero pat they um i was a little bit surprised and especially then looking at how he is a torn acl he's not going to be a day one starter you know uh ballard i think he's not going to said he's not going to be ready till you know august and he probably won't even play till october um definitely a little confused on it at first However, when I started really looking into him, um, I started seeing what uh, the Colts were talking to him about as far as scouting goes. They were super high on his um, 
on his personality. They were super high on him as, as a character. Uh, that's why they took him. There was a, they uh, they said, "Don't be surprised if we take you a little higher than you know most people think it would be." Uh, they just really, really love the way that he is as a player. They think he has incredible potential. But no, they're just it was a character thing for them. And uh, yes, obviously him, uh, obviously Hooker not being picked up as fifth year option, uh, having him come in, yes, maybe the, that next year starter. But I think that his leadership of the defense um, and him, he'll he's definitely I think he could be a, a team captain. Um, and just the way he's going to be able to be in that backfield and be the quarterback of you know that 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 secondary, uh, I think he has a lot of potential. And I I like I like the pick honestly. But we'll see how it plays out. For sure. Sammy, I guess you're the deciding factor. What are your, your thoughts? So I had safety as a need just due to they didn't pick up Millie Cooker's option. And I'm not really a huge fan of Kerry uh, Willis. And those are the pretty much the only two reliable safeties on, on the team. And you probably won't expect Blackman to start in the first place just due to Hooker and Willis at the moment is healthy. And that ACL injury is really tough. We mentioned that we had a couple players earlier that had sustained injuries, but they were small enough that it shouldn't affect their NFL play. But an ACL injury, especially how late in his career he got it, could really affect his value in the future. I, I see what Pat's saying, that he was drafted higher than where he was expected because we didn't expect him in the first three rounds. We... Probably was probably rated as a fourth or fifth round sort of guy. But I do like that they addressed safety, though. But I'm not so sure on the value on him. And I'm going to go with a uh, B-. minus. Okay, so yeah, probably closer that I would have felt for that pick. But let's move on to their next pick, because this is an interesting one for sure. Fourth round, 122nd overall. They took Jacob Eason quarterback out of Washington. Pat, I'll start with you first. What were your thoughts on this Eason pick? I know everybody was, you know, when everybody was saying this, you know, when I looked at a lot of the mock drafts, they were saying Eason could go to the Colts, but it was a lot higher. They were saying that the Colts were going to trade into the first round and grab a quarterback. You know, they didn't pull a a Green Bay and and grab Jordan Love, thankfully. Uh, Nothing against Jordan Love. It was just a, 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 a very strange move. However, the Colts, you know, Eason dropped, and I think the Colts, you know, they didn't go up and grab him. They took a while before they even drafted him. It wasn't like a, like the pick was in immediately. It was like the, the countdown went on this one, and they decided to ultimately grab Eason. Is he a year one starter? Definitely not. Is he a year two starter? I don't think so either. Uh, he's going to have time to sit. But he has a lot of good upside. He has great arm strength. He's an athlete. Good ball release. You know, he's you definitely see that potential in him. However, it's his work ethic that is questioned, and there's a lot of it. Should he have stayed for his senior year? Possibly. Getting hurt in Georgia. I forgot he was even at Georgia. Um, you know, I completely forgot that Eason was there. But then he transferred. He sat for a year, and he almost didn't even have the starting job at Washington. You know, it was definitely a battle where he, if he sat for a year – he should have been able to learn that offense. She should have known it, but it looked like he still struggled uh, from time to time and didn't have complete control of it. He needs to develop, but 
what better quarterback to develop behind than Philip Rivers? There's ridiculous stories about how much of a football guy Philip Rivers is. There's stories about him coming to Indianapolis when he used to play the Colts, and he went to Lucas Oil to just watch the Indiana the Indiana uh, high school football, you know, whatever. It was a championship or what was going on at Lucas Oil, and he went just so he can watch football. You know, he is a football guy. So who else would you want to learn from than, you know, Phil Rivers? So can it be – can he be developed? Hopefully. Will he, you know, actually, will it click for him? Will he sit down? Will he really learn behind uh, Phil Rivers? Will he take it all in? Hopefully. And if he does, I can see him being a, a good starting quarterback in the NFL. If he doesn't, you know, what does he just become the next Chad Kelly or something like that? Gets cut? Who knows? But uh, I, I like. Swag Kelly, go up Kelly. Kelly. No, no. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Mr. Irrelevant yeah. Swag Kelly to you. Yeah. It's uh Swag Kelly, you know, who knows, but yeah, you know, it's, it's all about where, where does Easton's going to need to develop. And I like that they didn't go up to get him. I think I'm, but I'm okay with this pick. I do like this pick. I think he can develop into a good NFL quarterback if he takes the time. Sammy, I'm curious on your thoughts since he's a former Georgia guy and we know you're content for Georgia quarterbacks? Oh, I'm such a huge fan of Georgia quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> he has the size and the arm. And I mentioned that uh, with Fromm, that he's pretty much lacking in three things, which was, you know, accuracy, strength, and decision-making. And inaccurate, but okay. What? Your Two of those were inaccurate. He's fine with his accuracy, and his decision-making is pretty good. Anyway, keep going. We're not going to get into a prom debate here. Well, see, the thing is with Eason is he has the arm and he has the accuracy, but the problem with him is the decision-making. And some of those throws that he makes, he made at least in his one in his last season were very, very questionable. I do think it's a good situation for him where he can learn off of Philip Rivers and Brissette even if Brissett's not even there for much longer. Probably not going to see him at all this season and next season, like Matt Pat mentioned. But he has the, the arm strength. It's just, can you develop him mentally? And that's going to come down to the Colts organization as a whole for him to be a franchise quarterback in the future. And they did need a quarterback, a quarterback too, for now. But overall, I think it's a good pick for him. I don't know if this is the spot where you would have drafted him. I think maybe he could have gone a little bit further, but I, I'd give it a B-minus pick. I really like this pick. The fact that, as I mentioned, for QB2, or as Sammy mentioned as well, they don't need a guy right away. Definitely not in year one, because even if Rivers gets hurt or something, you have Jacoby Brissett behind him, who's a totally solid quarterback in this league. So he's completely a developmental guy. And he has the traits, as Sammy mentioned, to be a successful player once he's developed. Obviously, not every player who needs to be developed ends up being successful. There are so many quarterbacks who have been taken in the third, fourth round that ended up just doing nothing in this league. But he has the talent, at least the arm strength. He was a highly recruited player in high school, which, although it doesn't seem like too much, there's always that potential there that teams seem to like. 
And I would have had him as a third round guy, probably in quarterback, even though most of them did kind of fall after the first four in the first round and then Jalen Hurts. I still like the pick a lot. It's a check plus for me because you're banking on him being the quarterback of the future. And he's a good guy to have in that position. And you have two good quarterbacks that are going to be mentoring him. Rivers being the veteran, but Kobe Brissett being the smarter player, the guy who's just going to be hanging with him really probably more as Rivers is leading the team on the field. So I like the mentorship there. I think it's a really solid pick. I gave a check plus. I think he convinced me to bring him to a B instead of a B minus. <laughs> See, the, the thing I forgot to mention was, um, you know, also him being coached by Frank Reich. You know, you know, Frank Reich had a pretty good career in the NFL as a, as a quarterback or at least a halfway decent career. But, you know, he's, you know, look at what he did with Carson Wentz. Look at what he did with Andrew Locke. You know, it, you know Frank Reich is a quarterback, you know, so he, he should also be able to coach this guy up along with also, yes, Philip Rivers, where, yeah, you, like uh, Sammy mentioned with his, uh, you know, how what he does with the ball. Sometimes he forces balls. Uh, this and that with Eason, but um, Phil Rivers is also kind of that gunslinger mentality. But if Philip Rivers can de- develop him, and Phil Rivers has had a 17-year career, whatever it is at this point, you know, if Eason can do the same, yes, he might have some questionable, questionable decisions from time to time, but I think he can be a, a serviceable quarterback for a long time. Okay, that's totally fair. Let's move on to their next pick in the fifth round, and I'm just going to be honest here. They have one pick in the fifth, four in the sixth. I didn't like any of these picks from here on out. Easton pick was, I mean, I love Taylor. Easton was my favorite pick probably for the Colts. But then after that, it just kind of falls off for me. The first one was Danny Pinter, offensive lineman out of Ball State. The only real benefit I see from him is that he played multiple line positions and he actually played tight end a little bit. So he's a decent athlete overall. He's a big guy, 6'4", 306. But his technique's not there. He's definitely a raw player. And I'm just not sure what he's going to really be able to contribute to the NFL. He obviously did not play at a big school, playing at Ball State. I just didn't think this was a great pick. You guys have offensive line as a need. I didn't. So this pick's just a minus for me. It's just, it's not really, in my opinion, in a good spot for alignment at this point. And there were even at the, if they wanted to get a lineman earlier, they could have done it. But at this point, there were a few other linemen who were much better than Pinter. I think they well, as I mentioned uh, early on in the uh, podcast, is that Joe Haig had um, had left the team, and Joe Haig was that guy who would start at every position for the team. That's you know he was the plug-in person where they needed him to go. Um, and I think that they took Danny Pinter to be that guy you know they wanted a replacement for joe haig yes he's kind of raw but i think they just needed him to you know it's like all right well we need to to that backup swing tackle or whatever it might be you know we'll throw danny pinter in there so i think this is like a a one-to-one joe haig leaves we grab pinter and throw him in okay so you you like this pick i i think it makes sense it could have been a sexier pick yeah maybe but you know, when it comes, that's everybody thinks the sexy pick is, you know, wide receivers, this and that. Um, and the Colts are just going to do what's best for the team. I believe in Chris Ballard, and I like this pick to just be that guy to add depth and be the person to replace. Like, it's an exact replacement, and I think it makes a lot of sense. 
Sammy, what were your thoughts? I like the pick as well. I mentioned that guard specifically, and it seems that his versatility, that he's probably going to be more useful at guard. And overall, I know he's raw, and there were better guards available at this point. Not going to name any. But I think his versatility and just being a low-risk pick, and especially having a solid line, you know, typically, we like we mentioned, the Colts have one of the best lines year in, year out. And now they do. I think it's a good spot for him, but I just think there were other guards that probably could have addressed earlier. Not earlier, but at least not Danny himself. So I'm just going to stick it to a B pick. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like he's not, I don't like him clearly as much as a B, but I can see where if you think offensive lines need, the value just inherently goes up. But let's move on to their next pick. Their first one, the sixth round, 193rd overall. They took Robert Windsor, defensive lineman, mostly on the interior out of Penn State. Sammy, I'll start with you here. What was your grade and thoughts for this pick? He's a sixth round pick, so there's there's not much. I felt that there was the defensive line didn't need to be dressed at all since they traded for DeForest Buckner and they signed uh, Sheldon Day. So they didn't really need... To draft another tackle, I just felt it was, unless it's just a depth piece, then he's serviceable for a sixth-round pick. So I just left it at a C plus. Pat, what about you? You know, day uh, the signing of day just adds uh, to the line, and then yeah, they might have needed something here or there. I think this is purely off of depth. I don't think you know he uh, he's not going to be brought in there to be you know DeForest Buckner or you know that's why he wasn't taken a lot higher. You know, this is a depth piece. I don't, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I don't really remember if I made my pre-drive needs before the Buckner trade. If so, I guess that might eliminate the defensive line need. I'm just going to leave it as I have it with it being a need. I still don't really like the pick. I guess it's a depth move, but I don't see him making much of a contribution to the NFL. He Numbers at Penn State weren't great. His physical attributes aren't great. They're just not too much you're going to get out of him, at least to start in the league at any point. At best, he's a piece of rotational defensive lineman. At worst, he's not on the team by later this year. It's a check minus for me in that regard. Like I said, I don't really like a lot of these picks. He's included. But let's move on to sixth round, 211th overall. They had three picks in a row, 211, 212, 213. 211, they took Isaiah Rogers, cornerback out of UMass. Pat, I'll let you go first here. Thoughts and grade over here. It, you know, he's not your your you know your stereotypical person um, th- that you would normally see. Like as far as his size goes, he go, he's five ten, one seventy. Um, you know, it's kind of like, oh, he's a little bit on the smaller side, I guess you would say. But they were big on his character from what I've from what I've read and from what I've heard. Um, they liked who he was. Uh, so I think that's why the Colts uh, took him. Uh, and he's just a, a, a replacement for Quincy Wilson. You know, they traded Quincy Wilson in the sixth. They take Isaiah Rogers in the sixth. So that's kind of what they were looking to do. And just it was pretty much an immediate flop and an exact flop for it. I think he's a, at least a, you know, he's a, I think he's a pretty good player from what I've read and what I'm looking at. You know, he's had... 99 total kickoff returns for 2,000 yards or a little bit more than 2,000 yards. It's like, you know, it's just kind of a guy that, yeah, they pop him in on special teams and this and that. You know, he'll be used somewhere on this team. 
Yeah, his well, he's not going to be much of a defender. He's only 5'10", which maybe you put him in the slot. However, apparently he ran in a pre-draft or in, during draft prep, he ran a 4-2-8-40, and he was a really good kickoff and punt returner at UMass. So that's really where his value is going to be. As a cornerback, I don't like the pick at all. Yes, I needed a cornerback. I don't like I said, at best he's gonna be a slot receiver. But UMass is a terrible team, so I just I'm not gonna respect any really player that comes out of there. As a kick returner and that special teams fix makes it totally fine. I gave a check minus as a cornerback pick. I guess a check overall if you want to include his high ceiling as a speed guy and his ability to return kicks. That's probably where he's gonna be of most use for the Colts. Sammy? Yeah, I only see him as a special team sort of guy. He does not have the size or strength to really be a top-tier starting corner in the league. It, You could tell that they needed someone to replace Quincy Wilson, but I just don't think he's going to really fill that hole. He's probably most likely just going to be on special teams. As you mentioned, he was probably one of the best kick returners coming from a school out of UMass, so... I think he's just going to be special team, special teamer. Uh, give it a C plus. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's move on to two twelve. They took Desmond Patton, wide receiver out of Washington State. I'll start first on this one. Washington State's a hard team to evaluate their offensive talent because they've had that Mike Leach air raid scheme, which has not really been successful in the NFL. Patman wasn't really even a full-time starter. He had decent numbers for a few years at Washington State, but his senior year, he only made four starts. He's another big guy, another 6'4 player. And considering we're so late in this draft, at least they're taking another wide receiver. Will he do too much in the league? Probably not. Maybe he's a red zone guy. That's likely where if you have him, we talked about the having big guys like Molly Cox, Michael Pittman. At best, you can throw him there and just have him get those fade plays. Other than that, he's not a great route runner. He's not a super speedy guy. So I gave it just a check. Pat? This is just, you know, depth, uh, wide receiver depth at this point. You know, they, they, have, they have a couple guys there. You have, they have Reese Fountain, who may or may not work out. He had a torn ACL. Um, who's, he's going to be coming back from that. Um, you know, this is kind of someone else into the mix. Maybe he's a... a, a good pick but like i said yeah it, this is just depth at this point and i don't think this is going to be anything crazy but i don't mind it and sammy yeah i don't see him making the roster in terms of special teams he doesn't add anything through there but his size and his speed he, i think he had a four four eight forty at the combine might make him more as a depth piece more so for Pittman's sake, just because, you know, it's two big receivers now. I just think his size is, uh, itself will probably be the reason why he'd make the roster. Otherwise, I, I, I give this a, a B-minus pick. Okay, yeah, let's move on to the last one, 213. They took Jordan Glasgow, linebacker of Michigan. Sammy, you can go back-to-back thoughts and grades on this pick. I He's not the biggest or strongest linebacker. I don't think we had linebacker really as a need. And I did. Did we? I moved my notes. I had it as a need. Oh, I didn't have it as a need for me. I really like uh, Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker. And I don't see him really seeing the field at all, Glasgow. And 
unless he can become utilized in special teams, I just don't think he's really going to make the the roster by the end of the by the beginning of the season. So I'm just going to give this a C pick. Yeah, he was a multiple year special team kind of guy at Michigan. He didn't really make an impact until his senior year, and he played pretty well. His numbers were solid. He was a Buckus Award semifinalist. I just still don't really like to pick either. At least it is hitting a need for me. Maybe I can give it a check. Possibly I put a check minus if you want to say check, but he's probably not going to contribute to anything besides special teams in the NFL. Pat, you agree? Um, I, I think he's the more interesting of the picks just because where he, he was a walk-on at Michigan and he comes from a family of walk-ons. Two of his brothers are also, were also walk-ons and they're now in the NFL. Um, but just yes, it gives him a little bit of of depth at linebacker. However, I don't think I did not see linebacker as a need for the Colts. Uh, Darius Leonard, Anthony Walker, Bobby Okereke. Uh, you know, you have those guys plus a few others. Um, where I see him contributing was going to be at, uh, on special teams. I think he'll be a special teamer for this team, and I think he might be a pretty decent one at that. So where, where he's going to make the team and where he's going to potentially stand out will be on the special teams. But uh, I, I just thought that he was a little bit more of an interesting pick. For sure. And let's wrap it up. We got all through all the picks. Pat, I'll start with you. Final thoughts and a final overall grade for the Colts draft. I think they addressed what they needed. Um, I liked their picks, uh, obviously getting into this, you know, the fifth, sixth round, you know, Obviously, all these people are just back and forth. You don't really 100% know. Like I said, I was not expecting them to go this heavy on offense so early. I think they did need to add a tight end, and they didn't, so I'm going to knock them there. Overall, I think that Ballard did a, had a good draft. I'm always interested to see uh, you know, how these guys are going to work out and uh, what they're going to do. I believe in Ballard as a general manager, um, so I'm, I am just interested. And Sammy? I like the draft overall. I felt that they addressed their needs and they they didn't hit, hit too many reaches. I felt overall value was nothing too stellar, but also nothing negative. They were just average in terms of value. But players, adding players like Pittman and Jonathan Taylor is going to make that offense more exciting and more options for Rivers to work with. I like the Blackman pick. Eason, with time, has the potential to be a really good pick. And the fifth and sixth round picks have just were just whatever at this point. It they didn't really exceed any value or drop any value. Overall, I think because of that, I would give this probably a B draft, just due to they pretty much added so many special teamers if they make the roster later on in the draft. And obviously when, obviously special teams is very important, but they probably want to look more for actual starters down the future, even guys that they could possibly develop, not just guys that they have a feeling will just be used more on special teams. So I'm I'm giving it a B. I pretty much agree with you. My grade is a B minus because of that. It's kind of a tale of two halves this draft for me where the first half of the draft I thought was pretty solid overall. Love the Taylor pick. Really like the Easton pick and t- f- solid with the Pittman and Blackman picks. The second half, as you mentioned, I don't see anyone who's going to contribute in any sort of a starting role for them, either in the now or in the future. But 
I'm not going to weigh them down too much for all all their fifth and sixth round picks, but you would like to at least have one of them as a guy who can be really successful. Rodgers being a kick returner is the only real positive impact they may get out of those late round guys. So it's a B minus for me. I wish they had done a little bit more with those picks. That's just kind of my turning point. And I, I'm fine. As I said, I'm totally good with their earlier picks, but they're not, none of them really blew me away. So that about wraps us up here. So Pat, thanks for coming on. I was going to say one more thing that undrafted free agents, Rodrigo hot rod black and ship to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So we'll see what happens with uh, Vinatieri. You know, his time might be unfortunately coming to an end, but I think they had an absolute stud of a kicker. No, nah, Vinatieri lasts forever, him and Frank Gore. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Pat. Thanks for having me, guys. I had fun as always. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, whether it's a fist fight or, uh, you know, the fight of the intellectuals between Pat and Pat, um, I'm in on that one too, so. Yeah, Pat vs. Pat is going to be one of our better episodes of the entire podcast. I can guarantee that now. I was say, that might not be a child-friendly one. I'm just saying it now. <laughs> You're going to... Sammy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Firmly Grasp It wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at GraspIt2020. You can email us any questions or comments at GraspIt2020 at gmail.com. We're doing pretty well going through these picks. We got to several more teams coming up so if your team hasn't come up yet they will i promise thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon